Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we explore the big political issues of the moment. I'm Mike Siluma. Thanks for joining us. Since Deputy President Paul Mashatile's appointment, there has been keen interest to better understand where he stands on national issues. He recently sat down for a wide-ranging chat with my colleagues Kefas Khosana, Khotazo Madisa, and Sbongagonke Shoba. This is how that discussion went. You asked Mr. Ramaphosa to sit down first. I understand you. Now I warn you. I need to put on my big girl panties and keep going. You can't have two speakers standing at the same time. Security services of the Republic of South Africa, you may intervene. There's been several attempts on my life. Lower that hand. It's not alarm. president is accused of that serious crimes. I know I'm going to become the president of this country. You, you are going to be the president. Of I am going to be the president of South Africa. Of South Africa. There's no confusion. Of South Africa. I will cancel race. Corrupt people do not eat alone. They have a spider web. I'm there. I can lead them. I'm ready to be the president of this country. I now suspend the proceedings. I have warned you. Thank you so much, Deputy President, for making time to talk to us. Uh, we've been making requests for, for a very long time now. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, we've never spoken to you ever since you assumed this position of Deputy President. Maybe um, as a first question, uh, how are you finding government? Uh, you've been out of government for a while. You were TG of the ANC for five years. How are you finding government now that you're back in government? Uh, lots of work. Uh, as you know, the president has asked me to roll out the DDM. Now, that's where there is lots of work because you're bringing in all spheres of government, uh, national, provincial, local government, and it requires traveling uh, to all those provinces because we're avoiding to implement in silos. Uh, so what we're doing now is take all the plans, bring them together, have one plan mm. for every district. Mm. Um, so it's a lot of work, but we've started doing it. Uh, we have been to a number of provinces now, Gauteng. We went to KZN, to Northwest, Eastern Cape, Bumalanga, Northern Cape, Free State. Uh, we are planning to go to Limpopo uh, as soon as possible and the Western Cape. Uh, so it's a lot of work, but it's very exciting because you interact with people. One thing with the district development model approach is it's not just government. So government, we bring in NGOs, trade unions, and I found that of late, even the traditional leaders were very, uh, you know, uh, willing to be part of this. In fact, in case then they actually complain why are they not part of the DDA. Mm. So we said, no, we think it's correct that we should include them, especially because of their interaction with those constituencies in rural areas. So that's one thing, we're rolling out the DDM, we're going all over these provinces. The second one the president asked me to, uh, to do is to specifically engage with traditional leaders. I've now met the National House of Traditional Leaders, <coughs> met traditional leaders in Cape, in Eastern Cape, 
Northwest, and I will be uh, having more meetings with them because in the Eastern Cape they want me to come back and uh, and also KZN. When we go to Limpopo, we'll also meet traditional leaders. But because I've met the National House, they've already indicated what the challenges are. One is equity. Uh, traditional leaders feel they're not treated the same. Uh, the others who are getting much better uh, conditions than others. They complain about tools of trade, that they don't have cars, they don't have offices, laptops. Uh, so the, the national the, 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 the chair and the secretary general of the National House Traditional Readers raised these issues uh, with me. But as I go around, I pick them up as well from traditional leaders themselves that they want to have much better conditions of servicing their constituencies. So that's the second issue. President also asked me to chair SANEC deals with uh, the fight against HIV AIDS and other diseases like TB. Uh, we've already had several meetings, including celebrating or commemorating the International Day against TB. Uh, so I'm working well with SANAC. And then President asked me to chair the Human Resource Development Council. We've also had a number of meetings the good thing with the HRDC, it's, it's got provincial structures. So when I go to provinces, I take the opportunity to meet with them. So I've done it in, in uh, KZN, uh, Eastern Cape, Pumalanga. Uh, so we get the report from them what is it they are doing to ensure the rollout of skills in the province. And most of them are doing quite well. I mean, KZN training a lot of young people, including farmers and so on. So I chair that uh, committee. But of course, there are uh, recent issues that have necessitated the, pro the president to set up additional committees. And one was the, the issue of uh, the ICC. So the president has set up an interministerial committee on that which I chair just to look at how we deal with that issue uh, as you know we have invited president Putin to BRICS because we are hosting so we've invited all the BRICS members but because of the decision of the ICC having issued a warrant of, of arrest we are looking at how to manage that so at the moment the president is engaging with President Putin to see how we can deal with that. We had initially <clears throat> thought if it can't be resolved, maybe somebody must host other than us, but... If I may interject, TP, what is the ideal resolution? Would it be uh, President Putin not coming to, to Johannesburg? Well, that's, that's what we propose from my committee. The President met with him. The Russians feel they don't want him to participate virtually. They want him to come. So we have not resolved the matter yet. I think the president is continuing to engage with, with the other BRICS members to see what is the best way. Because South Africa, obviously, is, is bound by being 
part of their own statutes mm. that uh, if he's here, he, he must be arrested. But that's not our position. He's a member of BRICS. We want everybody to participate. But we've left it to the president to see how best it can be resolved. Mm. So, so that committee will meet again to look at other issues around BRICS. But then the president also asked me to, to chair a cabinet committee called JCPS, which is uh, Justice, uh, Correctional Services, uh, Police, State Security, where we look at the security of the state, we look at problems of crime, intelligence, uh, everything around the security of the state. So I chair that. And then there's another one that deals with international uh, relation issues that I also uh, chair. The president chairs the economic cluster, but if he's not available, I do that. So we, we're working very well to share the load because uh, it's a lot of work. Um, so at the moment, we are now planning to visit provinces we have not visited and where we need to return. There are three provinces in particular that wanted us to come back. KZN, Eastern Cape, um, and the Northern Cape. Um, but once we, are, we have done all of them, we, we may also go back to Houteng because they had wanted me to go to the Western End as well. Um, so, so far so good. We work very well with the president. We coordinating this load of work. We're focusing on implementation. Mm. Uh, and, okay, that the one other thing I didn't mention, I'm also the president appointed me to be leader of government business. So it means I'm responsible for <coughs> ensuring that government program, particularly legislation, mm. gets through parliament. Mm. So we're busy at the moment with priority legislation because we can't do everything. <laughs> Uh, so ministers understand they must prioritize. Um, so we are busy with priority legislation and also getting ministers to do what they are expected to do in parliament, attending uh, meetings of committees, appearing for committees, answering questions. Um, and every time cabinets meet, we, we remind ministers who may be having outstanding questions to finalize them, but also make sure they attend. So I work very closely with the speaker, the, the chief whip of the majority party as well. Um, yeah, so far so good. I, I can tell you are very passionate about the work of government. When I go back to, to government, but a, a lot of people want to know um, where you stand on issues and what, what you think, um, because you are, you are now the deputy president of the country and uh, possibly the next in line to take over after, after the, the, this current president. So uh, if you don't mind, maybe let's go back to, to your party, the party that you are leading. You just had a long NEC and, uh, and also you also reviewed your, your election manifesto. Yes, <coughs> what is your view on the current state of, of the ANC? Uh, what is your assessment? Um, is it um, an ANC that is strong enough? To, to retain uh, uh, its majority after next year's uh, general elections? With our recent analysis of our work, we're quite convinced that we will win the elections next year. 
there are provinces where we've agreed we must pay special attention to, and it's uh, mainly three of them. It's Gauteng, KZN, and, uh, and the Eastern Cape. Uh, we're going to pay a lot of attention in those provinces because that's where majority of our people are and where we have a lot of challenges. We were very affected as well by COVID-19 where branches were no longer meeting and so on. But the recovery is, is going well uh, so far. Uh, leaders of the ANC have been crisscrossing the country, um, particularly the NWC, to meet with all our structures and make sure that they are focusing on their work. One of the things that we're prioritizing at the moment is getting our structures to get closer to the people uh, and avoid a situation where there is a gap. They must go back there. Many areas, people have problems of water, uh, service delivery, which is one thing that President said I must look at. Um, so we're getting our structures to go out there on the ground and work with communities uh, and so on. Uh, many of them have now gone through the original conferences. Uh, some are still doing some of their uh, conferences, like Limpopo, still based with one or two uh, of their regions and branches. But generally, many of them are in good standing now all the regions are, are functional. We want them to functional to function optimally, obviously. Uh, so we will be going around ourselves as leaders to to all provinces. We are in KZN around the 20th uh, of, of July, all the officials. And we'll also, I think around that time, visit the Shembe Church because we're also engaging with uh, with churches. We don't want to visit churches. Which one? Which one, which one are you going to visit? Oh, uh, in case that... Um, well, I'll get details from the SG, but I know that there's a visit to a Shembe church. Uh, I've recently, I was at the Mudisa church in Zerbekom, the interpastoral uh, church. Uh, the president was uh, in Moria. So we're visiting churches. Yeah. But there's a lot of work now to ensure that the ANC is strong because there are many who are saying uh, you will survive only because of collisions. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually don't want collisions. But as people who are realistic, we decided let's set up a framework in case of that eventuality. But firstly, sort out the locals where there's a lot of chaos. So I met with all of uh, parties last week to discuss the, the approach. We agreed on the dialogue. So we proposed to them, let's have a dialogue. And if agreed, we'll have it on the 4th of, of August at the University of the Western Cape. The only party that was not happy was Al Jama. 
they think they are doing well with their arrangements. We mustn't disturb them, especially in Johannesburg. So, but uh, we've persuaded them that I think it's important to agree on how we manage the dialogues must not be about making deals, but must be about the people. Does this, uh, I'm not dialogue, the coalition. The coalition must, must be such that its priority is to serve the people. So that's what we want to come up with, the dialogue, to say people first. There are other things that not all parties will agree to because on our side we are proposing that a party with the majority must be allowed to lead a coalition. There are others who are saying no, not necessarily. So we'll debate those issues. But uh, there are others who want legislation right away, the, the DA in particular. But we said to them, no, let's have a dialogue. Once we have had a dialogue, we'll have a framework. The framework will then guide us throughout the country, at local level, provincial and national. Then later on, we can come with legislation. Uh, so in a meeting last Friday, all parties agreed, let's not rush to legislation. Let's have the dialogue first. Uh, but we ourselves as the ANC, we are preparing to win the elections next year. And to do that, uh, to be able to secure an outright majority in 2024, um, and I don't want to go into a diagnosis of the ANC's problems. I think they've been overdiagnosed. I want to know from you where you think the ANC right, needs to improve to be able to secure the kind of um, vote, votes that will obviously give it a majority again. Which policies do you think need to be reviewed or implemented for the ANC to be able to appeal again to a, you know, a wider audience or you know, to the masses uh, more than it does? Well, this, this weekend, especially last, yesterday, we spent time reviewing our current manifesto, mm -hmm. the 2019 one, and just to look at which areas have we not done well, okay. uh, and which areas have we done well. And we found that uh, in a number of areas we have done well, but there are other areas where we are lacking. And I'll give you an example. Uh, on the economic cluster side, uh, there were people who were feeling strongly that we need to implement prescribed assets because they wanted pension funds to invest in development and nothing much was done there. So the economic cluster uh, will review that. Um, but if, on the other hand, if you look at issues of housing, you see we have made uh, a lot of advance there. The, the problem at the moment is really whether we can move faster. And that was our preoccupation. If you look at the economic recovery and reconstruction plan that the president announced, there is a need to move us faster to make their economy to recover. 
so the yesterday the NEC came to the conclusion that unless we get the economy to recover faster, we're not going to be able to deal with most of the challenges we're dealing with. We got an, a presentation from States SA and it was very interesting to to get to know that in fact poverty levels have gone down from 17% to 7.9% over the past uh, five years. Uh, and it's very interesting to see what creates that. And many people sometimes undermine the issue of grants, uh, free education, free house. But when you take a conglomeration of all those South Africans, are better off than many other countries because of access to these grants. That's why the, the poverty levels have gone down. But on the other hand, unemployment remains high. So it means poverty levels were not driven down mainly by employment, but by grants, uh, which obviously needs government to do much to ensure that uh, employment levels go much higher. The economy, on the other hand, has recovered slightly. You'll know that the, the first quarter of this year, we have a growth of 0.4%. It's not too big, but it went against our worst expectation that we'll go to the negatives. Instead, we didn't. So we're hoping that we we can push <coughs> higher because as we push a high growth, then we get employment. So I would say, yes, we have not dented unemployment too much, but the economy is now growing. And you'll remember that because of COVID, many societies or countries are battling to recover. Um, and we ourselves were worried about the recovery, but it's, you can see it. You need to ramp up now. Um, and that's really where our focus is. Grow the economy, then you can attend to issues of employment, uh, you know, then address the problems of poverty. If we are now at seven. 0.9% of poverty, it means with additional investments by government, you could push it even further down. Um, having said that in the past five years, it has, the, the decrease in poverty has not really been driven by um, employment creation. It has been largely dependency on the state. Don't you think that you are creating a situation where there will be high dependence on the state from the from from the citizens and 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 secondly, I'd like to know your view on the basic income grant. Um, it has been in the pipeline for the longest of time. I, I think that's one of the things that we have not implemented. Uh, maybe we have, when you have that discussion in the in the NEC, is one of the issues that came up. Um, I'd like to know what's your personal view on on basic income grant and 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 how much do you think would be enough? Yeah, ideally. Uh, poverty should be brought down by increasing employment. Uh, that is happening, employment is happening, but not to the extent 
of our satisfaction. Now, government has choices. You can write us. You can say that look, uh, we put the money more into the economy, which we are doing. But there are people who will fall within the cracks. And you can take a decision as government say, well, forget about them. Uh, we took a different decision. Let's look after them. Because it's important in a country that even if people don't have employment, they can eat. Very important. They mustn't go to bed hungry. Uh, any government that ignores that, then it's not a government that is caring. Uh, we are a caring government, so we continue to give people skills so that they can get employment, so that they can fend for themselves. But where they can't, let's pick them up in the meantime. So it's not the end. So you're quite right. We shouldn't just create dependency. We, we don't want to have a welfare state. But in the interim, the intervening period, as you grow the economy and create employment, you look after the most vulnerable through grants. And I know that there are many who are saying, I this 350, you know, what can it buy? But it's quite clear when you talk to, in fact, somebody made an example to me, I think it was Minister Mamuluko Kubai says they were in a meeting somewhere where some, someone was criticizing the 350. Uh, this thing is not working, maybe we must cancel it. He says, you know, people nearly ate that person alive. To say, this thing is helping us. We buy food in our houses, and so on. So, so we must not undermine grants. Uh, yet we must not be a welfare state. So it's a very fine balance you need uh, to be able to ensure that your people are well off, they can eat, not go to bed hungry, but not become too dependent on the state throughout. So you must create a window of opportunity for them to move out of poverty. The other issue raised that uh, the basic incomes grant, we, we agree to that because if you look at what the president has done now, he has not said we are going to cancel the 350, but we're going to continue. So in a sense, you are putting a basis to ensure a sustainable form of grant that can continue to flow. Uh, you may want to call it in different names, but we are very clear that some form of continuous grants to people who are vulnerable must be sustained. Because your party is saying that implement a basic income grant. Um, National Treasury is saying that actually this thing has been, hasn't been costed and it could cost a lot of money and it must be linked to some form of uh, vocational or whatever training or work training. What, where do you think the balance can be found? Do you think that a basic income grant should be implemented, but where do you then does the country then find the money to fund such? Well, I think our government is already giving a lot of grants, mm -hmm. truly. Uh, speaking, if you look at the subsidies to education, to pensioners, 
to you know children who have no parents to support them under the age of six to subsidizing health uh, care and this uh, recent grant srd so if you look at it there are a lot of grants already in the system uh, national treasury might say look if you give grants they must be effective so you don't just want to throw money to the problem and they is not used properly to change the lives of people but all of us agree that uh, you can't run government through grants that's why a lot of money is going into the economy as well i mean if you look at the emphasis of economic recovery plan that is funded uh, and a lot of resources are going into fixing roads the rail lines your freight rail because we want you know transnet to get the goods to the ports so so you need to find that balance the challenge sometimes is that you find that more money goes to social development than economic and it's it's, it's a bit tricky i know when when i was in Houting, that was our preoccupation and at some point we say guys we need to keep this you know below 70 percent um, and and going down and down because once you have 70 plus going to social you have little for economic uh, then you you have the danger of becoming a welfare state so we are very conscious uh, about that and the grants that we we are provided so social development and national treasury there's there's a healthy tension there uh, because social development obviously is this problem hits them in the face um, so they are trying to get more resources to the grants national treasury says no but we're already giving more so we, but we will find the balance and i agree myself that let us put a lot of money also in the economic cluster. But I don't think it will be fair to leave millions of people hungry. Chua, can I ask one more question? Um, one last question. You, 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 you also, you said you are in charge of the JCPS cluster. Yeah. If I can take you back to that. Um, given what happened two years ago with the riots, yeah. Uh, the unrest, the civil unrest, mm -hmm. right? Um, the conclusion was that there was a failure of security all around. Yeah. Failure of intelligence, failure of policing, failure of everything. Right now, what are you getting from the cluster itself in terms of a possible repeat of these kind of guys? We've seen the burning of trucks recently. You know, those are bad indicators. What are you getting from the cluster? Are they seeing a bubbling of a sort of a repeat of these riots and can the country if they were to happen again this kind of unrest will the country now be ready uh, this time around to quell this kind of unrest they should be they should be ready because they themselves accepted that they didn't have good coordination mm -hmm. at that time so now they are ready there's better coordination uh, President and myself have, have met the economic cluster to discuss these matters. 
Uh, as you know, we've brought in Minister Kumbuzo now in the security, state security. Um, so we're getting them to coordinate much tighter and much better to avoid those situations. Uh, and we are meeting, we met with the security cluster two months ago with the president. We're meeting them again the next four months to see whether the the plans that they put before us are being implemented. There are a lot of plans that uh, they now have. Uh, justice, uh, intelligence, police, uh, the army, they are now working in a very coordinated uh, way. So <clears throat> I'm convinced that uh, if the plan they gave me and the president is implemented, we will not have a repeat of, of what happened. It, maybe in addition to, 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 to the policies that you, uh, and the manifesto that the ANC is reviewing, the, the ANC will have to then, I imagine, work on its image. Um, so when this leadership came in, uh, in, in 2017, um, it, it promised to clean up. Uh, there was even a slogan that this, this is the new dawn. Um, Looking back at what has been achieved since 2017, um, do you think the ANC has been able to do that, uh, to, to, to act against uh, 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 corrupt individuals? And, and, and do you think that right now, has, did, did this current leadership learn from the mistake of, of the Nkandla um, scandal, um, when the ANC just um, sort of protected its leader instead of looking at what is the problem and trying to resolve that problem. And lastly, maybe do you think the ANC, the way it handled the Palapala issue was correct? It was correct because you'll recall that there were a lot of investigations going on. Uh, there was a public protector, uh, there was, uh, uh, what was the other agency? Reserve Bank. Reserve Bank, SARS. So, so our approach then as the ANC was that let's allow these to be concluded. And I think we're getting there. Uh, you know, public protectors given a report. So, so once it's done, then we know what the reports are saying then we take it from there we have agreed as the ANC that we will protect no one uh, even yesterday we emphasized protect we won't protect the president the deputy president the officials no one in fact this weekend we finalize the operations of the integrity commission uh, we've finalized the attempts of reference. We've agreed we're going to give them more resources. Sorry to interject, Mr. President. You've yes. agreed to protect no one, but there is a, a report by uh, an independent panel appointed by Parliament that said that the President has a case to answer. And, and the ANC decided to vote against that, that, that report. So I, I don't understand. How did you then say that you were agreed to protect no one when? You have actually voted against the report that said the president has to answer. Yes, they, let me not speak for, for parliament, but the parliament came to the conclusion that uh, uh, the report was 
putting the cart before the horse. That there are still processes unfolding. Wait. At the moment, you don't have a case that the president has a case to answer. There are still investigations going on. We will deal with it then. The others wanted to deal, even before the public protector report, they say, no, the president has a case to answer. So we took a different approach and said, no, let's allow the processes to end. This report is putting the cart before the horse. Does this mean then that um, when all these reports are out, then the ANC will come back and say maybe the Integrity Commission should look at this matter? Indeed. If, if uh, there is overwhelming evidence that requires Parliament to relook at the matter, why not? Mm. Um, we, we will respect the integrity of all these processes. So we can't just close our eyes. But of course, uh, uh, <clears throat> we, we do want to get everybody who's investigating this matter to conclude. Uh, the public protector is done. We're waiting for the others to conclude theirs. DP, what do you make of the tensions that are existing within the executive and within Kamil over energy policy? We've reported extensively that, for example, Minister Mantashe didn't come to the signing of a hydrogen um, uh, uh, thing, even though you know he was called specifically by the president to come and sign, and he didn't sign. He said himself, I would not sign because I don't believe in it. And there seems to be a lot of disagreement over whether you know renewables versus baseload and 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 etc um with of course minister mantashi being on that side you know to say that uh, 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 renewables won't solve the problem for now given no cheating and everything where do you stand on issues of energy policy okay two things disagreement and renewable on disagreement i spoke to minister mantash myself he he indicated that uh, Yes, he didn't sign because he had not read the document. Mm -hmm. And he said, look, I need to appraise myself of what the issues are. In this, this case, I had not, so I decided I will not sign it. But there is no difference in approach on energy policy. Mm -hmm. We all agreed. Uh, there's always a view that the others who want renewables, others not. No, it's not true. We all want renewables. I think the issue has been how quick do we transition. And our view is that, uh, yes, we should transition to clean energy, use renewables, but because we still have a lot of demand now for energy. Our base load is coal. Uh, you know, so you do need your coal-fired power stations that can still give you some megawatts to be maintained and serviced. And that's what Sputla is doing. Many people don't understand why do we suddenly don't have stage 8. It's because your coal-fired power stations are giving us something. Uh, they are able to take them out to maintenance, bring them back. Uh, Kusile unit, four units have been brought back. So, so we are saying as we transition to the renewables, 
let's keep the lights on. Uh, Minister Mantash agrees, Minister Ramukopa agrees, all the ministers are at one on that. Uh, I know that Minister Mantash has said people are accusing him of being a cold man, you know, or nothing. No, it's not the case. Uh, but as the leadership of the country, we, we have this resource called coal. It's not clean, but you do want to keep your lights on as you move that side. That's really what we're doing. Maybe, Deputy President, um, is there, uh, let me say that the, the, the kind of responsibilities that you have, and, and you are one of the most visible Deputy President that I've, uh, I've seen in, in, in a while. Is there talk, maybe, that because there are these pro problems um, that might um, um, come back to haunt the president, is there a discussion that is happening within of maybe a smooth uh, transition when that matter happens? And, 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 and whether are, 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 they, are they prepared, is there a process of preparing you to then um, uh, take over the reins when that happens? No. But if it, if it was to happen, if the, the, the hawks were to come back and then say, well, we've done this investigation, or the, the Reserve Bank makes its uh, report public and say, we have found the problem here, um, would you be ready to then step in um, to the position? Remember, the, the president of the ANC, who is the president of the country, is the decision of the ANC itself. Mm. Uh, should the president not be available for some reason, the ANC will decide mm. what to do next. So at the moment, there are no problems. The good thing with the ANC is that it's got a lot of good leaders, so mm. we won't have a crisis. <laughs> so you, 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 you said at the weekend that the, the, there are people who, who, want, who want you out um, and I understand that you, you were reluctant to mention them mm. um, but we, we know the, the messages that people are talking about uh, we know that those messages, some of them were, 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 are said to be uh, have been written by the former advisor to the president, Mr. Bejani Chawuke. And we know that the, some of the scandals that have come out about you, um, some of the people have links to people in cabinet. Uh, if I can make one example, one, one lady um, has links to the Minister of Communications, Mr. Mondlikongoben. Are those the people that you are talking about that are behind a, a plot to get rid of you? I didn't mention anybody because I don't know who they are. Uh, but we've we talked with the president about uh, this matter yesterday, and uh, he has also done his checking, and uh, he's uh, concluded that there is no plot. Uh, so for now, we regard this as faceless people. Uh, to the extent that. Uh, some people believe their phones are being cloned by someone. Uh, so we decided let's let's leave it there. But are you aware that the, the, some of the messages it's, it are purported to be from Mr. Chauke? 
have not has not been brought to my attention. Is that, is that reason you think people might not want you to eventually be president? There are always a reason why people don't want someone. In your case, have you figured out why they are so opposed to you? I wouldn't know, except that uh, you know people may think that uh, you won't implement the best policies they want. Might be the case. But policies are policies of the ANC. Yeah, but people always think hey, this one might not be the best one to implement them. Let's get somebody else. Uh, but it's not good to speculate, so we decided with the president, let's leave it. So if you read the president's statement, it says, I, I appointed the DP. I'm the only one who can remove him, and as far as I'm concerned, I have no such plans. And you, you don't want a formal thing where this is investigated, and if these people do exist, that they unmask? No, I don't want formal investigation because it's politics, and I understand politics. You know, when you're a political leader, you live in that environment. Uh, so it's okay, people, people don't like you. The only thing is you must focus on doing your work and do it correctly. Forget about uh, people. So that's my position. Now, President said, go out there, sort out the service delivery. I'm there on the ground. Does that mean that you are satisfied with the explanation that the phones were cloned? No, I'm satisfied that uh, the president wants us to focus on the work and that uh, he is the only one who can remove me. He has no such intention. Me and him are continuing to work and uh, we share the load. We're focusing on the work. Uh, let's forget about uh, the faceless people. Okay, just from my side, um, there's a perception that, you know, there's tensions between you and the president, and therefore some of these faceless people that you speak of mm. are doing his bidding. Um, but you, you've been saying since we arrived here that you and the president are coordinating mm. properly. I mean, how are you viewing that? These these allegations around you know there's a supposed tension between you and the president. I don't think they are doing his bidding uh, because of my closeness with the president and the work we do, I know that they are not doing his bidding. Whose bidding are they doing? Uh, for themselves, because they are not they are not sent by the president. Are these people in the ANC, in cabinet, in government? They've hidden their faces, <laughs> so we don't know them. <laughs> they, are, they are faceless people. But I think we must understand the political environment. They'll always, you can't be liked by everybody. So I'm, I've just concluded, you know what, it's okay. Uh, but me and the president, we are together. Thank, thank you so much, Mr. President. Thank you, thank you. See Well, that's all the time we have on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly this week. Thanking colleagues, Kefas Hosanna, Kotazo Madisa, and Sbonga Gonke Shoba for that interview. I'm Mike Siluma. Until next time, do stay safe, stay blessed, and let's do good for our country.